This episode of Hong Comedy Writing is brought to you by HBO on Amazon. What if I told you we could combine your love for premium cable with your dependence on online shopping? I bet you'd go pretty crazy. Well, time to go fucking nuts, because now we can. An HBO subscription includes instant streaming of unlimited access to addictive dramas, hilarious comedies, movies, and so much more. Fans of this show will love watching Veep, Silicon Valley, Mr. Show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is back and I, I've been enjoying. I think it's doing okay. I think I think some older episodes are better, but this is certainly still good. I love Curb. Uh, <laughs> I like how I put my review of Curb into this HBO on Amazon ad. They actually, Curb filmed right outside my apartment in LA like seven months ago, so I can't wait to see the outside of my apartment in the show. Uh, you know, this should be an ad for Curb. I wouldn't have said it was okay. I would have said it. Anyway, Amazon is offering a free seven-day trial for HBO, and you can get it by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash Amazon HBO. After the trial, you get unlimited access to anything on HBO for just $14.99 a month. That's a good deal for HBO. My parents pay for HBO, and I assume they're paying more than that. Once again, get your seven-day free trial for HBO by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash Amazon HBO. It's not TV. It's HBO which is brought to you by Amazon. This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. On comedy writing, on comedy writing. Thanks for downloading this episode of On Comedy Writing, the podcast about the business and craft of writing comedy. I'm your host, Alan Johnson. We've got a great episode, but first, the best way to support this show is by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash oncomedywriting. Click the supporter artist button and shop on Amazon like you normally would, and I get a little kickback. Now, uh, before we get into this week's guest, I want to talk about some of the tweets I got this week about uh, the episode of Mitra Juhari. First of all, uh, big thanks to my two friends who said I should keep doing the sketch pitches. Uh, at Kyle underscore Liang, Kyle Liang, my friend said, add on comedy writing, don't cut the sketch pitch segment. And then also, uh, Connor Hurley, performer at the Pack Theater, friend of mine, messaged me on Facebook and said, Alan, keep those sketch pitches going. The pod isn't the same without it, baby. And then a bunch of exclamation points and a couple smiley faces. So yeah, I would have loved to get uh, more feedback from people who didn't know me personally. But uh, due to the support of those two good buds, the segment will continue much to the chagrin of me and my future guests. Uh, also, uh, Daniel Shar at Damn Y'all Shar, he's uh, tweeted uh, about me about episodes before. He tweeted me a sketch video about a guy fucking his dog, you know, based off the last pitch that he made. Uh, and it's pretty good. It's not perfect, but there's there's a lot of funny bits, and it makes me feel feel like this dog fucking thing can, uh, can go places. Uh, finally, at Miriam underscore Niazzi, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, she tweeted at me, This episode was so eye-opening for me in terms of her talking about how much work she put in just for starters, before any serious projects even kicked off. But to be honest, for aspiring comics, the harsh truth is very intimidating and downright scary. And uh, I thought that was a very uh, good tweet, because I think about that a lot, about how much uh, failure you have to go through. I mean, I'm a guy who um, hasn't had like a... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I haven't had a ton of success, so I don't know uh, how qualified I am to talk about it, but... For every success I've had, you know, I've, I uh, recently got into NYU uh, graduate school for dramatic writing, and I'm doing that now. I interned at Full Frontal with Samantha B. I mean, I've had uh, just uh, thousands of failures. I uh, I didn't. Let's see. Let's think about some of them. 
there was one time my junior year of college where I was rejected from The Onion for like a contributor, Sesame Street for a job, and The Daily Show for an internship. And that was all things I had interviewed for and seemed kind of close to get. So that was uh that was a real harsh bummer of a of a week. Uh let's see, I've been rejected for a lot of writing stuff. But you know, I think about how um Nate Dern on another podcast said that he was rejected he is 47 failed packets. And it's like, yeah, you're going to have being a career in comedy is a career in failure, you know. You're going to have a lot of failures, but if you really uh, think that you have the talent, which is some of it, and if you think you can have sacrifice the monetary stuff, which is another very difficult thing, you should stick with it. I, I've heard some advice from some people that's like, if you keep working and you're just around, that's like 90% of it. And uh, if you can just hang in there, uh, good stuff will happen. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, obviously I am a man who hosts a podcast as my biggest success. So maybe take it or leave it, but that's my thoughts. Uh, uh, I thought it was a very interesting point that she brought up. So yeah, tweet at me about the podcast, about the episode. I love to hear some stuff. Somebody DM me. Uh, I think, uh, I can't remember who it was and I haven't replied to them yet. I will reply to it after I do this. I, I like receiving feedback from people. It's nice. So write a review too. I'll, I'll read a review if you write one, uh, coming up. Uh, so yeah, our episode this week is with Achilles Stamatolaki, who you know from lots of stuff at UCB. He's on the house team Airwolf that perform every uh, Saturday at UCB East and uh, Broad City. If you like this episode, check out the episode with Anthony King, who also worked at Broad City. So here is Achilles Stamatolaki. Uh, Achilles, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, where are you uh, from originally? I was born in the Philippines, actually, but then I grew up not... Uh, too far from where we are recording right now. I grew up in Stuyvesant Town. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's a few blocks away from here. Uh, yeah, I grew up, we moved here when I was eight. And uh, I, you know, grew up there and um, eventually moved to Staten Island mm -hmm. um, during high school. And then my family's still there. So, so, so I'm you a were, New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. so, but you were in the Philippines until you were eight? Yeah. Wow, what was that? What was that like? Uh, I mean, it was great. And my, my pretty much my whole family still lives there. I have a very big mm -hmm. family on both sides. Um, a bunch of them have moved out here to the states, but it's uh, generally like yeah, my family's still out there. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you know English when you came here? Or did you have to like learn it? I knew it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, English is actually one of the official languages oh, of the Philippines. Okay. So it's like you 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 know you. Learn it as you would, like, just growing up. Right, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so when you were growing up, were you um, doing any, like, were you interested in comedy at all? Like, were you watching comedy? Or? I was watching it, but it, it was very much from, like, a consumer's perspective. It, yeah. I, I wasn't, like, you know, super nerdy about it. I was just like, oh, I enjoy laughing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah, enjoy yeah. things that are fun, you know? So for, for me, it was a very, like, casual uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I started doing comedy, that's when I got actually deeper into it. But um, what kind of stuff were you watching back then? Um, well, in in the Philippines, there were like um, these like uh, Filipino sketch shows, basically. Oh. Um, so you know, like they, they'd be very, very, very broad, very silly sketch shows, and kind of for like all ages and stuff, mm -hmm. very slapsticky. Um, but I was also watching like, like a lot of cartoons when I was growing up. Um, that was like 
probably like my main influence as like a little kid. You know? Oh, really? What kind of what cartoons were they like? I mean, I remember watching The Simpsons in the Philippines. Right. Yeah. And then I mean, we, I moved here when I was like eight. But um, when we, when my mom told like told me and my family like, oh, we're moving to the states. I was like, well, I'm not gonna do it if they don't have The Simpsons. There. And they're like, they're like, they have The Simpsons there. It's it's fine. Wow, so you were a huge Simpsons fan. Yeah, yeah, very big. But I remember even at eight, that's kind of young to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just like consumed cartoons so yeah, much, yeah. and The Simpsons specifically was so different from any because I would watch like Disney cartoons and Hanna Barbera cartoons and like those types of um, very like kid centric mm-hmm. uh, cartoons. Uh, and I recognized even back then that The Simpsons was like this weird kind of um, very unique take on what a cartoon was. Right. Um, yeah, and that it was like a half hour was also like weird and special. Oh, because yeah, yeah. most cartoons are like 15 minutes, right? Or yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they'll be, you know, like real short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you, when you, uh, did you ever start like, uh, like doing any sort of comedy type things, like not necessarily like doing actual comedy, but like, I don't know, stuff at school or anything. No, not really. Like when I was young, I was very shy. So I, um, tried to avoid any type of like performance or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Once in a while I'd like write something, um, that I thought was like funny, you know, like I remember winning at like an essay contest in my school for like St. Patrick's day or something like that. Cause I wrote like a funny story. Um, but uh, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. You know, mm-hmm. um, it was just like, oh, this, this seems fun. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Did you go to college? Uh, well, actually I, I went to Fordham for a semester Okay. and then, um, basically like my family ran out of money. So I was like, well, I can't do this anymore. So I dropped out and then mm-hmm. that's around the time I started like actually doing comedy and, and started doing mm-hmm. stuff at the Upright Citizens Brigade, um, because I dropped out. So yeah. did you did you know about UCB because you grew up here so you kind of, you probably knew about UCB I did I knew about the show I knew about the show because um, it was on like I think even before like maybe when I was uh, in high school it was on um, but uh, I didn't realize they had a theater until like you know to that you know after I graduated uh, high school mm-hmm. already so I wasn't going to to anything UCB related until. Um, I was, uh, college age. Um, but I was aware of it, didn't know there was a theater. And then eventually I was like, oh, there's a theater here. I should check it out. Do you remember the, the first show you saw? Yeah. I saw an ass cat, okay. um, on my 21st birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the thinking behind that? Well, for me, it was, um, trying to find something super cheap to yeah. do for my birthday. Cause I, yeah, it, it was my 21st birthday. I was like, I want to do something. Um, uh, so a, a bunch of my high school friends and I went to like Chinatown to like eat food. Then we popped up to the, the UCB Chelsea theater. Um, and, um, like I knew that the, the show was happening. So, uh, and it was the nine thirty show, which is a free right, show. Yeah. So I checked the website and they're like, Oh, come here at like by eight fifteen. we hand, hand out tickets at eight fifteen. So we, we got there, got tickets and then I, I kind of didn't know what to expect. I thought it was going to be like, oh, these are going to be a bunch of people I've never seen mm-hmm. before. And then literally the first person who comes out is Amy Poehler. Who, and we were like, my friends and I were like, what is this place? <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it was like so impactful, like seeing that for show. Because 
um, like I said, I was I was really kind of I, I didn't I didn't want to do anything related with like performing or or um, entertainment uh, at all. Like when I went to college, I was going in to to write um, and try to be like a journalist or something or some mm. sort of writer. Um, but the uh, the show. Uh, I saw it was so ma- mind blowing that I was like, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I, this is like the thing I, that I've been looking for to do. Um, so a few months later, I, I started taking classes there. It's interesting, uh, just kind of random. But you said you uh, started wanting to do journalism. We went to college. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you use like any of like that kind of side of you in your writing at all? Um, a little bit. Um, I never had any formal training in it. So like mm-hmm. in in high school, I always was like very adept at like writing papers mm-hmm. and stuff. So that's kind of, uh, you know, my thinking was, let me try to lean on that. Um, but I think um, in terms of how that affects my writing in general, I think in terms of journalism, I, I tend to be like pretty systematic about like how I approach things. I like to plan things out, make sure I have like, um, you know, I'm prepared before I start mm-hmm. writing, which is like good and bad for, you know, yeah. uh, many different reasons. But um uh otherwise i'm not really like thinking about like oh how does this affect my writing i'm just right, kind of yeah, like yeah. used to used to doing it yeah it's funny because it does seem like there's a lot of uh comedians who also do journalism which i don't know that's interesting i don't know yeah why. yeah actually uh, a couple of weeks ago um i now perform at ask that mm-hmm. show that i went to um we had uh this monologist uh dina i think can't pronounce her last name, Katowski, who was a former reporter mm-hmm. and then is now writing for Seth Meyers. So oh, she's wow. writing late night now. Um, so she was, you know, like she was trained as a journalist and mm-hmm. then spent that doing that for years. She was very successful yeah. doing that and eventually is now like writing comedy. That's crazy. Is, yeah, really funny. Yeah. yeah. Split Slider, you got to do an article about this. You yeah, got to do an yeah. article about the Split link. Slider, come on, get on it. Uh, so you start taking classes uh, pretty like immediately after? Yeah, a couple of months after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you immediately like take to the classes? Yeah, I think. I mean, what I did was I started taking one hundred and one, and ASCAT was the show I would go to every single week. So, um, uh, I I did that. I like bought the book even before I started taking classes, um, and then my teacher was like, uh, you shouldn't just see ASCAT because that's like a bunch of celebrities <laughs> yeah. like fucking around uh, and, you know, not really taking improv seriously. But it's a fun show. But he was like, go see Harold Night, which is, uh, you know, the, the Tuesday night show at UCB. Um, so I started going to that. And then eventually I started to, do, you know, go to both shows uh, the same week um, or every single week. And then... Um, you know, after you start seeing two shows and you're like, well, maybe I just keep seeing a bunch of shows, you know, and I was, mm-hmm. I had a student ID and I had, you know, like no money at that point. So, and a lot of time. So, you know, I would just like throw myself into the theater at that yeah. point. Yeah. Are, are there any like specific, uh, shows that you remember is like really standing out? Oh God. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty, but, um, from early on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I when mean, you were a student, I guess. Yeah. From when, when I was a student, I mean, just seeing for for, uh, for ASCAT, just seeing um, all these like people on, on SNL and like people who we now recognize as like you know uh, big big in the comedy world, like Paul Shear and Mantukas, and like pe- people who are like uh, 
people didn't know like um back then but now like are for any comedy fan or like kind of household names it was just cool to watch um all those people um and just seeing yeah just seeing them um i don't i can't think of like a specific thing because mm-hmm. it's, it's so like it kind of blends together but right. it's, it's also like um it was just each show is kind of special in that way because you you had these very like recognizable people who were like on SNL and all these um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like sitcoms and stuff doing shows with these people you didn't even you know know yeah, but like were, were you know eventually got really big yeah yeah was there a certain moment in your classes where so we where it all kind of like clicked for you um. I don't know. Like, it, I feel like it didn't really click for me until like I got on a team, yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, I felt like because with with anything, it, it's a combination of, you know, getting the experience to, um, you know, like all the stuff that you're learning in class, getting the experience to like put it up on its feet, but then also gaining the confidence and, and the knowledge mm-hmm. that uh, you can kind of like trust yourself and the other people on your team so um for me it wasn't necessarily a moment of uh like yes i finally get it but there it's it's a combination of like these little tiny breakthroughs Mm -hmm. that you have um as you're taking classes as you're doing shows as you're you know in rehearsals and stuff um and 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 there wasn't really too much of like an indie improv scene back then right um when i started that there was okay there there, um because my team was like kind of part of that uh i see yeah Uh, but it was much more right now, like, um, the Indian improv community is like very spread out, but like back then it was very self-contained. You had like, you know, you would perform at a few theaters here and there. And Mm -hmm. then, um, so everybody kind of knew each other and knew all the, the groups that, that performed, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like under St. Mark's was a big venue. Um, uh, so yeah, it was, it was. Uh, something where like there weren't too many shows so like everybody could kind of check each other's shows out mm-hmm. yeah were you taking sketch at the same time as improv no i went through the improv program and then didn't start taking sketch until i'd already gotten on a team oh um, wow yeah and I, at this point i was like interning so i didn't have to pay for the sketch class so um i uh, when I started taking sketch classes, I, I knew about kind of like the UCB philosophy and the UCB approach. So that gave me a leg up when mm-hmm. I actually started doing uh, sketch. I think I was afraid to do it because um, it's one thing to like make stuff up, uh, but it's another thing to like actually sit down and be like, oh, now I'm actually going to be judged on if this yeah. is funny. Whereas <laughs> in improv, it's it's not really, nobody's judging you in, as an individual because you have your entire team, you know, to kind of help mm-hmm. play that uh, scene. Um, but and there's also it, like the whole safety of like we're just making it up. Yeah, like we're doing our best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing our best. They're like the, the audience is very supportive. Yeah. And whereas if you're writing a sketch, you know, people are thinking you had time to think of this. Yeah, you rehearsed this. <laughs> yeah. You put it on its feet. Yeah. yeah. You opened your computer. <laughs> <laughs> you started typing this in. So th- there's that. Th- there was that kind of intimidation factor. But once I started doing it, um, it was it was pretty clear that like having those, you know, that year or two of, of, um, improv training and being on a team, you know, helped with the writing part. Right. Yeah. 
That's interesting that you were already on a Herald team. I feel like that would be like crazy to see today, like mm -hmm. someone like on Herald night going taking a sketch class. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it probably still happens, but yeah. it um it might be rarer than than mm -hmm. you know regular. And you were on a mod night uh, yes. for a number of years with a couple different teams. Yeah. Uh, this was not, you weren't on the first wave of teams, right? It was like the... No, I was, so the first wave of teams, um, the way those worked were, was that it was just a team of writers mm -hmm. and then they would cast actors every single month, which was an insane thing. That's like <laughs> crazy to have to cast your actors every single month. Um, I remember acting in one, one of those first rounds of, uh, uh, mod night, um, uh, and think it's like a pretty similar in terms of like the the timetable for um how the like the writers and and the rehearsals uh operate um but i was yeah i was uh placed later on i wasn't placed till thinking like 2010 maybe um uh, maybe a little bit later than that but um yeah that's when i really started to focus on uh writing was before i got like the year or two before i got on mod night mm -hmm. um so I, I wanted to build up like my writing skills, so and eventually submit to Mod Night and anything else. But um, before Mod Night, I had like uh, just a, a weekly like writers group that I would meet. That um, you know we'd come in and uh, just like in any writers uh, uh, like group, you would have you would pitch stuff, you would bring in things that you've written, get feedback, stuff like that. And it was, that was something I, that I organized that eventually, you know, allowed me to build up this like packet of sketches that I could submit to mod. So it was, was everyone working on uh, sketches in that group pretty much? Or was it like a uh, pilots and, and movies? It was pretty loose. It was usually just sketches, mm -hmm. but sometimes people would bring in like, uh, articles or like funny articles mm -hmm. or um an outline for something or it was very loose but usually people would bring in sketches what made you decide to take uh writing more seriously um for me it was the fact that um i like i love the improv side of it but for me i didn't want to like actively pursue the acting side of things like i i um you know, would go out for acting auditions and commercial auditions, and I still do, but it's not something that, if that comes to me, great, but I, I don't want to have to pursue that because it, that, like, the acting stuff gives me, like, more anxiety than the yeah. writing stuff. <laughs> like, the writing stuff, it's, like, that's the, 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 um, the, the mode that I feel most comfortable in is, like, being in a writer's room, being at a computer, writing <laughs> stuff down. Yeah. Um, that's what I feel most comfortable in. So, um, you know, after a few years, I, I felt like, uh, I should try to lean into this and make this my career, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so that's when I, I, yeah, started really, um, pursuing that, um, mm -hmm. through, through trying to submit stuff and write, just write more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your packet that you turned in for Mod Night mm -hmm. was, uh, kind of workshopped in that group for a while. Yeah. It was all stuff that I had, <clears throat> um, written in that group, um, workshopped and then i feel like maybe i maybe i submitted something that was like in one of my sketch classes but uh otherwise it was it was stuff that um you know uh i brought into that group and other people i'd seen mm -hmm. yeah so that's like um 
that's something that you can like plan for like mod like every year there's new uh, yes. things but like when you get a, a packet for a job that's like you know you have to have this done by the end of the week right. what, how do you prepare for something like that well when that stuff comes up obviously it's the the big thing is like making time for it but for me as soon as i get um uh like uh the the materials for the the packet um there's certain steps that i have to take one is obviously like what are they looking for in the packet try to read through uh that and then you know uh, moving forward have an eye towards like oh what are the ideas that feel like uh it could fit into this um the other thing is like researching the show because a lot of times or the comedian or whoever is is um asking for the the packet um just to get their voice down like what's what's the angle of the show what feels like the um the 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 unique voice of this uh show um trying to nail that down and then afterwards kind of just building up the packet so for me I, i'd start just like kind of brainstorming things so let's say it's like a late night packet and um uh they ask for however many desk pieces uh with the 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 voice of the show in mind i'll just start writing like jotting down mm -hmm. general ideas and it goes from general to like more fleshed out and then eventually to the actual like things that i'll, I'll submit in the packet mm -hmm. and usually in the brainstorms i'll try to come up with more than what i need and then try to pick out what i feel like is the best stuff mm -hmm. yeah uh, going back to Mod Night, you mentioned um, that you didn't feel like you like really like got it all until you were on a team like for, mm -hmm. for improv. Was that the same for uh, Mod with Sketch? Yeah, I think um, for me it was try just trying to figure out. Just like with anything, there's there's a little bit of a learning curve. But for me, it was it was figuring out like, yeah, how do I write for Mod Night? How do I write for the stage? How do I write for the actors? And that takes time, you know, um, because it's one thing to have an idea. And then just be writing it down, you know, in your computer. It's another thing to have the idea, show it to other writers, and then have actors uh, read it. So, so for me, it was like just getting used to the the process mm -hmm. uh, of things, um, and uh, kind of the rhythms of of sketch. Uh, because at that point, I, I feel like I've been writing sketch for maybe when I got on Mod Night, maybe like a couple of years or something like that. Um, and I'd had the, the the writers group for a year or two or, or something, so for me it was um, I I was basically still new at sketch, so uh, getting odd mod night helped me be not only writing more but just be kind of developing how how I write mm -hmm. and how I kind of participate in the the mod night process more, and that was the biggest kind of learning thing. Were you were you putting up sketches before you're on my night anywhere? No, I, I wasn't putting anything up. I, I had written some shows, <clears throat> but they weren't really sketch shows. They were more like just full on. They were either like bit shows or like yeah, full on yeah. shows. So one thing that I that I wrote that I workshopped in this writer's group before I got on Mod Night was this like Harry Potter musical that was like a, a Christian version of a, like a <laughs> okay. Harry Potter. Because back then there was like this big controversy about like, yeah, these fundamentalist Christian groups saying like, oh, Harry Potter is oh, yeah, promoting yeah. witchcraft. So I wrote a musical about that um, uh, with uh, this other um, performer, Ari Scott, who, who's like a great musician. And we were eventually became on a mod team together uh, after that. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, uh, I, the stuff that, that I'd be putting up wasn't just 
like it wasn't sketch really it was mm-hmm. like more just shows so you, that's crazy that you wrote like a like a musical how, how like was it like a full full-on musical yeah it was like an hour long wow yeah. how, what was like that process for that it was actually really fun it was um when i started it when i had the idea i was like oh man i really want to do this idea i think it's gonna be really funny it's gonna be a lot of work and it was <laughs> so i talked to um the artistic director at the time anthony king who um was a big musical person had directed musicals had been in a, a lot of musicals was very much like um very well versed uh and knowledgeable about that so i i talked to him and just asked him for advice about like writing songs writing the the um uh the actual show uh that was kind of my initial entry point into it and then for the actual writing of it um it was kind of a similar thing where i started out with like oh what what are what's the premise of the show what what are scenes that feel like it's part of uh, it would be part of the show, then kind of structuring it. And then eventually I got to a point where I wrote an outline. Then that's the thing I kind of brought into the, uh, the uh, writer's group. And then they, you know, they uh, gave feedback on the outline and then I changed the outline and then wrote the script. Uh, and I don't know if I've ever brought in the script. I feel like maybe I did actually. I feel like maybe I did bring in the script mm-hmm. and had the writer's group <laughs> read the entire script and give me feedback on it. But, um, And then the actual songwriting process was like, okay, so here are the scenes in the show, um, and we need a song like this. It should sound like this. So I would have, like, Ari and I would, like, you know, she would bring in her tiny keyboard, and then I had, I'd have my computer, and I'd have, like, these songs that were, like, it should sound a little bit like this or have this vibe. And then she's very skilled. At, she's a singer-songwriter, so mm-hmm. she she would like, um, you know, kind of noodle around and be like, okay, I think it should be this key, this structure, blah blah blah. And then we we would just kind of figure it out from there. Or sometimes what I would do is I would write out the lyrics and then give it to her, and then she'd make up the song wow. kind of on the spot uh, there. So that 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 part was very um, very fun. Like yeah, songwriting. I can see that, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Uh, after the songwriting part, it was just kind of putting stuff together, like doing it with a cast and, and rehearsing. But it was a lot mm-hmm. of work, but very, to me, very rewarding and very fun. What what makes like a good uh, what makes like a good musical mm-hmm. in your eyes? Um, to me, I think it's like I kind of want to see like the one. Obviously, like the songs should be the star of the stars of the uh, show. Um, and then I also feel like you need to see the fun on stage. I think it can't be that that's something interesting about musicals. It's like there's like there's nothing quite like seeing somebody like sing a song on, right, on stage. Yeah. It's like so such a vulnerable thing. Um, but when you see somebody really pull it off, it's it's uh, amazing. So um, I think uh, good musicals put their actors and the story in a situation that um best kind of highlights mm. like the the emotions that are happening mm. on on stage for me the, what i tried to do was i tried to approach it so that the um the we were leading with the comedy stuff uh first so each song had kind of like uh, a funny idea to it and then um let the actors bring the the emotional part 
of it. Mm. Yeah. Would, would you ever want to do a musical again? Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed that process um, when I did it, and I, I would like to do one again. It's very fun. Uh, I would just, ha- since it is such like uh, an insane process to do and to like have to put up a musical, um, I would want to do one uh, based on an idea that I really was like excited mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Uh, you teach uh, improv and sketch now at yeah. UCB. Uh, when you teach sketch, do you have like, um, like what's your approach for teaching sketch? Um, my approach for teaching sketch is just like, you know, I think most most teachers, um, I try to keep things simple. Uh, try to keep things simple and keep things uh, practical. So um, my, my approach is, is, you know, obviously like um, affected by the UCB philosophy since right. I'm, you know, teaching at uh, UCB. Um, so after we read a sketch, I'm always asking like, what's the game of the sketch? Let's try to articulate it as, uh, as well as we can. And then, um, for me, I think my philosophy is like a a sketch is never bad. It's, it's just, um, uh, does it need a lot of work or does it need a few tweaks? You know, um, does it need focus or is it like right there and you just need to punch up the, Mm. the jokes? Um, uh, I always try to like approach it from a point of a person spent time writing this, so it sh- it should they put effort into it. So now, what's the best version of this idea uh, right. possible? And how do we, um, you know, uh, me as a teacher, but also as like the 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 class and and the writers' room, how do we attack it mm-hmm. together? Yeah. Uh, do you have any favorite sketches from your time on Mod Night? Yes, um, I liked. Sketches that I wrote. Yeah. Um, I liked a sketch that I wrote that was Hollow Notes singing uh, the Private Eyes um, theme song. Or not theme song, just the Private Eyes song. You know that song? With, uh, Private Eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's like <laughs> claps in that song. So the, mm-hmm. the, the premise of that sketch was just them trying to figure out. Like it was like uh, uh, before they figure out. Uh, to put claps in it, like mm-hmm. what's what's the, uh, um, uh, what was the process, like the thought process, oh, yeah, of okay. trying to get to the claps. So it's like all these just weird noises before. Those uh, uh those process sketches of like mm-hmm. those are always so much fun. Yeah, no matter what they are, I feel yeah. like I feel like it's hard. Like it's just fun to watch those. Yeah, and if you put it with a, like big characters, which we right, ended up doing yeah. in this, yeah, it was it was really great. I also wrote a sketch. Um, called uh a guy who's, who wears a scarf everywhere okay because uh, i um because i felt like that that's kind of like somebody i've come across is just like why are you wearing a scarf right right, right. now you're wearing a t-shirt and you're also wearing a scarf <laughs> um and then that was played by uh tim martin um and like the way he played it i, I didn't even i wasn't even thinking in my head like how you would play it but mm-hmm. uh, uh the way he played it he brought so much into it that like uh, it elevated the sketch uh, so much. He just made it such a weirdo uh, character. Um, and there was another sketch that I wrote that was like Sad Googles, um, which is like uh, this guy gets sent into his his boss's um, office and uh, the boss confronts him about all his uh, Google, his search history. Because <laughs> uh, uh, like the, you know, the company uh, tracks all the... Yeah, yeah. the um, but the... Uh, but it's all really sad. She's concerned that he, he's like a, just a sad person. Um, but yeah, those, those those are the ones that really stand out mm-hmm. uh, to me. You mentioned uh, 
Tim Martin that he like mm-hmm. uh, his performance kind of brought something new. Yeah, was a lot of Mod Knight trying to like find that like collaboration totally. between like yeah. writer and actor. Yeah. Um. Often when I would have an ideas, I would already have an actor in mind. Yeah. Uh, to do it, like, oh, this is this would be a great one for Tim, or this one would be a great one for Josh Rubin, or something like that. Uh, or this would be a great one for you know Veronica. Like it's it's so much easier to write with a specific voice um, in mind, and that's something actually I tell my sketch students too. Like, mm-hmm. um, yes, yes, have the idea, but have a person in mind, even if they're famous, you know, because uh, uh, it just helps in the writing of that person or that character to um, have a person in mind. Uh, but yeah, I, I, w- I would often have um, for my sketch ideas i would often have a character uh a, a, a actor in mind for our character or um actors would come in and um pitch ideas and then i'd be like oh my god that sounds so funny mm-hmm. i'm gonna i want that idea and i'm gonna write it because the the mod process the way it works is that the uh both actors and writers pitch ideas but writers are the only people who can actually go ahead and write this right yeah, yeah um so the actors you know will come in and uh say they might say like oh i have this character that does this uh-huh. and then writers will pick uh you know which which ideas yeah. they want and write it up uh you were also on a, a digital team at ucb yes what what is uh can you explain like what a digital team is at ucb um when i was there it was um they were called beta teams mm-hmm. which was basically the um so mod night is like the theater's version of like institutional sketch there and then they were trying to do this for um their YouTube channel. So um, instead of, you know, putting up sketches at the theater, it would be um, putting up sketches for the UCB Comedy uh, YouTube channel. So I was kind of in like the first kind of version of that, or maybe the second version, um, called uh, UCB Beta Teams, where we would um, write and produce sketches uh, to, be, to be made specifically for uh, the UCB Comedy uh, channel. So they were, they were video sketches. All of them were video sketches. Once in a while, it would be, you know, sketches that I'd written for mod and then would think like either it didn't get on mod or, oh, this could be a really good video sketch and then, you know, kind of turn it that way. But usually Mm -hmm. I would be also like, this was a helpful thing for me to try to do. Uh, I would try to write specifically for video rather than trying to translate a mod sketch into a video sketch. Yeah. Uh, what What makes a good online video in your opinion? Um, to me, I think it's a combination of a very clickable idea. So if you'd see it on like a website or YouTube or something, you'd be like, oh, that's a funny idea. Um, combined with, uh, in terms of the execution, like, um, showing that idea as visually, uh, mm. as possible. Um, and yeah, he- heightening the, the comedy of it, uh, in a visual way. Um, because you can't, it's, it's hard to do that on the mod stage, but with video you really have to do that like that's that's the the i I think the the best way to try to use that format um uh to explore a sketch because there are certain things you you can't do on stage that you can do in in video and and vice versa so to me that those are the most impactful ones are you know using using um the most visual elements to try to explore um an idea Mm -hmm. And, and you mentioned uh like a clickable headline and I feel like uh, UCB game is actually like pretty well designed for that. Yeah, because the kind of the game of the scene is usually good for like a like the headline. Totally, yeah. Like having the game of the scene, the the premise as as um, 
you're you're kind of you know guiding light for what uh how to write the sketch but also like how to actually like promote and and um uh link the sketch um i think it's true of anything i mean if you look at any onion article like the onion headline is the game of that article the 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 funny idea of that article um and you're gonna want to click on it if it's funny you know Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i think same thing with like ucb stuff it's 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 it forces you to have to think in those terms which um at least comedy nowadays it's like that's really important Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you were on mod and the digital team at the same time yes was that uh difficult like generating all those premises like all those sketches yeah it was difficult in the sense of yes it was but it was difficult in, in in the sense of like just it was exhausting to be on both because I had like a, a, a full-time job plus I was teaching three classes plus I was on these two teams. Yeah. So this is that's like when I got the, on those two teams, that's actually when I started drinking coffee because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to stay up during work. Uh, um, but yeah, it would be, uh, yeah, it would, it would sometimes be hard because um, I would just be like mentally spent or like I would be like, dry you know that uh and and just kind of burnt out and fatigued um and then uh the good thing is like eventually you kind of way you find your way out of those right um, uh those moments but it would be hard because um i i think early on i got to a point where i knew what felt like a video sketch i knew what felt like a uh a mod sketch um so i could compartmentalize uh um those ideas uh but sometimes you know i would get to a point where it's like oh i don't have a lot of ideas that are like very usable you know um these are ideas aren't that good uh so i I don't want to have to like write them and pitch anything that that i felt didn't feel strongly about Mm -hmm. yeah and you were also uh the uh associate artistic director at ucb yes what uh what, what did that job entail uh, a lot of it was um, doing some of the administrative stuff for the artistic department mm-hmm. at um, at UCB, but a lot of it was also like communicating with the shows, communicating with uh, performers, um, sitting in on uh, auditions, um, helping organize. Uh, yeah, a lot of like our house team uh, uh, kind of logistics and stuff. Um, yeah, that, that that was the the kind of role, my, my role as the artistic associate, and also watching um, shows that were auditioning for a run at the theater, and and kind of helping the artistic director um, with my thoughts on it. What what drew you to that job? I think for me, it was I I'd been working at UCB as the um, uh, training center front desk admin for years, and for me, I was like, oh, I I, I feel fine doing. Uh, this job and then that job had opened up um, and a bunch of people started coming up to me and were like uh, are you applying for that job and I was like <laughs> oh I wasn't thinking of doing it and then they were like you sh- you really should uh, so I was like oh maybe I should so the more I started to think about it um, the more I was like you know what let me let me try to do this let me try to uh, throw my hat in the ring and then uh the the thing that eventually like the thing that I, I was most interested in was like yeah just getting more involved in the artistic side of it you know like that part of the 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 theater side because 
uh, I was doing the administrative part in the training center side and I was doing that for forever. And I just, yeah, I felt like a, a new kind of position was, mm-hmm. um, um, would have been good for me. So you watched, uh, shows looking to get a run. What were you looking for when you're watching them? I think, um, it, it's kind of, it, I don't know if we had like, uh, a set number of things. I think in general, what we were looking for was, did the show feel like an Upright Citizens Brigade show? And I don't know if you can, if it's hard to like, it's hard to like articulate what that is, mm-hmm. but um, having been at the theater for so long, like you kind of know when you're watching a show, like, oh, this feels like a UCB show. So that's one. Um, the other thing is, um, does this idea or does the show feel like uh, it has a hook? Um, does it feel like it, you know it can grab somebody who's like walking past the theater and is like, oh, what's what show is going on mm-hmm. right now? Um, does it feel like it, it you know it has uh, uh, it, it can grab people who are you know more casual comedy fans? Another thing is obviously probably this is the most important is does it execute successfully the thing that it's trying right, to do? Yeah. Um, because there are, you know, going to be some shows where it's like, oh, this is a great idea, but it's like not executed well. Or um, uh, this performer is really uh, great, but the the hook of their show isn't, it needs to be tightened up, you know? So those are the types of things we were looking for um, is, yeah, kind of just like a general UCB sensibility. Uh, is it um, Is it hooky? And then is it something that... Um, feels like has been like yeah well explored and well executed Mm -hmm. yeah and were you involved with uh the mod team auditions yes so what what would you look for like in packets for that so uh, reading the packets for me the most important thing was um or the things that kind of leapt out to me were um when i would be reading mod packets were uh like am i reading an idea that i feel like hasn't been done before um because when you read a lot of packets, uh, and especially if you're like starting out in, in sketch writing, you're writing very similar things that you've right, seen. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, reading the packets, it really was cool to see when somebody had like a very original take on something that you know um, a lot of people were writing about. So one of the things people were submitting for um, mod packets was uh, a topical sketch uh, based on whatever the time frame was that that the, the uh, um, uh, packet required, but um, I remember reading one that was like on the um, NFL, like uh, the kneeling in the NFL and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody like somebody submitted a, a sketch that had like such a weird take on it that it was like, oh, I'm, it makes me want to keep reading this <laughs> yeah. person's um, packet. So that's one, just like originality of the idea. And then like, again, how, how well did they actually write the game of right. the sketch? And then... Um, the other thing I'm looking for too is just like polish and like does this person feel like a writer? Because mm. um, and what I mean by that is when I read packets, sometimes it it would just like look sloppy. It would be you know it would like uh, the uh, words aren't capitalized, aren't periods or misspellings uh, all over. It's like formatted differently, sketch to sketch. You no, know, really. so so. You know, were there a lot of packets like that? There were, yeah, there were definitely. Oh wow, yeah, Um, and it makes me think less of that writer um, because they didn't spend the time to try to 
do that extra step of polishing up that mm-hmm. you know their their packet if they're going to submit to something it should be it should feel as professional as as possible mm-hmm. um and then there are also uh sketch packets that i've read on mod that are like um i i can't tell if this is the worst idea i've read or if this is the most brilliant idea yeah. <laughs> i've read because it is so either original or way out there and usually I try to, like, give that person the benefit of the doubt. Like right. If, if it's, like, I, I'd rather read something that is, like, this. Is, I've never read anything like this. Um, and I'm kind of bu- puzzled by it. Uh, versus I've read a million of these. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, you you have a textbook. You know, it's it's all, like, textbook stuff. But I'd rather the weird stuff rather than the, the stuff mm-hmm. that I've seen before. How do you, as a writer, if you have, like, an idea and it kind of seems like a textbook sketch... Mm-hmm. How do you get out of that? Do you, I mean, how do you like change that? Uh, for me, I think the approach is how, how far can you uh, heighten the idea so that it's still uh, surprising? Mm-hmm. There are going to be some ideas that feel like, yeah, you can only explore this, you know, so much. But um, I think there are some ideas where this is, uh, you know, th- this idea is so simple and that's what's fun about it mm-hmm. is how simple it is so um so i wrote a sketch once called pizza is money um okay so that was that was the link it was uh-huh. it was called pizza is money and it was basically ch- like um uh doing basically this montage of of scenes where we see like pizza as money yeah so like it starts out with like somebody paying you know like hey oh hey you owe me that 20 bucks from the other day it's like oh can i just give you this uh box of pizza and they're like oh okay that's fine and that person <laughs> like uh so that's the first kind of yeah, step yeah. of it and then um in the writing of it like i was like how can we progress this so that it's like the, the craziest version of it right, so yeah, yeah. um uh going back to the what i was mentioning earlier about like uh, video sketches like trying to be visual and stuff like I just try to think of like what are the most like surprising funny um, unexpected mm-hmm. ways to heighten this uh, uh, sketch um, and like to me like that idea is original enough where it, it isn't quite like um, you know it, it it's like fun, easy to find those like fun right, uh, yeah. visuals but I think if the uh, an idea is quote unquote unoriginal there's still ways to like attack it and then look for ways to mm-hmm. um make it seem original um like i think that there's you kind of need to like take a left turn on purpose like there was that um gungan style funny or die sketch oh you know, yeah where, yeah with nick weiger yeah. yeah yeah where uh you think it's just gonna be this like oh my god this is such a lame uh <laughs> idea and then it takes such a left turn that you're like, oh my god, I was totally surprised by this. <laughs> um, and then even like the too many cooks thing, uh, mm-hmm. like the uh, on a what was that Adult Swim, mm-hmm. um, that was another one where it's like this is a really simple idea, and then they just took it to an insane right. uh, level. Yeah. Uh, so you you were artistic associate director. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a job like that where you're kind of you're a comedian but you're kind of doing stuff that's like outside the purview of comedy and you're kind of more focused on the theater rather than like your comedy career does you find that your comedy stuff takes like a back seat to that a little bit i think the thing that helped me kind of stay grounded in terms of that career side of it was like i was also on mod um, mm-hmm. still at that point um so 
I was not only doing that side for the the theater, I was also working on my stuff um, uh, for um, uh, for mod. And I was also at that point, I feel like I had, I had I still had a, you know obviously a, I still have a commercial agent, so I was doing that side of things, and I had gotten uh, a manager at that point uh, also. So I was like submitting packets at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was it was a tough balance in terms of time, but um, uh, I was able to kind of like, yeah, just be able to find ways to do both and, and, um, not fortunately not like have to be like, I have to choose one or the other, right. you know, I was able to do both fortunately. Uh, in your career, you've done quite a bit of uh, punch up work. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you get involved with that stuff? Um, a lot of it is honestly through like my manager or agent, mm-hmm. but a lot of it too is like seeing just people seeing you around the theater like i did a punch up for um like the detour mm-hmm. uh, the, the the tbs show and i think it was my um uh chad carter who's like a UC, long time ucb uh performer just emailed me and was like hey just come in and do this uh punch mm-hmm. up so it a lot of it is um from the agent and manager side but also a bunch of it is like oh i know you i trust you mm-hmm. <laughs> just come in and, yeah. and help me do this yeah how do you how do you tackle those gigs the punch-up yeah gigs um it's it's uh actually pretty straightforward the 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 way it works is they'll send you the scripts and uh you read through them so once in a while they'll say like oh in this episode we're looking for these things specifically um oftentimes it's just hear the scripts give them a read uh, and then just come in with um, some ideas for, for jokes. And then we'll spend, you know, a day or two just like going through the, the, the scripts page by page. And um, usually it's led with, by uh, a writer um, who's working on that show. And they'll be like, okay, we're on page this for this scene. We're a little bit soft on this. Or like, we want ideas for this type of thing for, um, uh, uh, you know, for this joke or something like that. And then, you know, the, you, there's usually a bunch of people in there who are, uh, uh, helping. So, um, you kind of try to figure out like, what's the best joke you riff on each other. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very fun process, but it's also very straightforward. Is it, is it mostly just jokes? Usually? Yeah. It'll, it's mostly just jokes because at that point they're pretty happy with the structure of the Mm -hmm. story. So you're not trying to change too much. Um, once in a while, like, you know, we'll mention something that's like, oh, this, this thing felt confusing or, um, this thing, if you're going to change this joke in act three, you can't have, since this is a callback, you can't have this joke uh, now. Right. It doesn't make sense yeah. for, in act one, you know? So those like small things that come up, but, um, otherwise, yeah, it, it's just, uh, how can we, uh, do a, a more fun joke, mm-hmm. um, than what is already on the page. Do you uh, generally try to pitch like a lot of jokes or do you just try to like craft a few that you think they'll go over well? I think, yeah, for me, my approach for um, those types of jobs is to, yeah, read through the sketch, jot a couple of things down, have a general idea of like what um, each scene is calling for, where the joke beats might be, Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, have a bunch of solid ones coming in, but also like be able to riff with yeah uh, the room and that's uh, i feel like that's where kind of improv is super helpful mm-hmm. is is being able to just be on board with each other as as people are riffing 
do you do you kind of like like the freedom of like just coming in and not having to worry about uh plot or characters and just having to pitch jokes yeah that's very fun um yeah i like that a lot the the um cool thing about that is like it's almost like renting a car like or, or like a city bike or something yeah. you know it's like after this i don't have any responsibility that's interesting, over yeah. it um it's it's uh yeah you, it, you just kind of um put the icing on the cake and you don't have to worry about any of the the like actual baking of it you know mm-hmm. yeah and, and you did punch up on like an animated film right yeah i did one on um uh it was actually for like um some animated movie that was like it was like made in like argentina or something like that okay. and then it was made in argentina and the Weinstein company had bought it and then they were like, oh, let's try to make an American version of this. So like, we're going to change the story and then have American actors on it. I don't know. I don't think they ever released it actually. Oh, really? But they, they, um, uh, yeah, they brought in a bunch of writers to do that. So it was actually a very, a very fun job because we watched this, basically this kid's movie, this kid's animated, Mm -hmm. like computer animated movie. Um, and, uh, I think like. Uh, Taron Killam was one of the voices. Bobby Moynihan was one of the voices. A bunch of SNL people and a bunch of celebrities um, were the voices. And it was like the soccer movie. Okay. Um, so yeah, we watched that for a couple of hours and then we sat with the producers and then we went through it like um, scene by scene and we're like, well, well what could they be saying here? What could they? And then, you know, we had, as we had watched it, we had like written down uh-huh. like stuff. Um but yeah, those those are always very fun because it's it's just it's almost like mystery science theater, but, yeah. But like it's actually going to go in the movie, <laughs> um, and yeah, you're just a, around a bunch of really funny people um, trying to make this this movie funnier. Yeah. How do you um, write for kids? I think it, it, it's I think if you focus on the story and and stuff like, um, I feel like you can write for anybody. The, right. The, 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 the um, I feel like the approach should be obviously like, you know, you have to keep it clean in some way, but also what's the most relatable version of this joke? What's the most relatable mm-hmm. um, way you can show this uh, uh, this thing? Because I feel like when, yeah, when writing with adults, for adults, one, you never even think of doing that, right? Because right. you're just like, oh, I'm just writing for people my age. Yeah. Or, yeah, people in general. But when you're writing for your kids, it's like this just this extra step that you have to think of. That's like, oh right, like they're not gonna get this reference, or if you you are gonna put this reference in, it's gonna be purely for the grownups who are yeah, yeah. watching this. Um, whereas, yeah, if, if you are writing for kids in mind, then it's it, it needs to be like yeah, just an extra step in the, the thought process. It's funny they say that. I remember like Boss Baby. I didn't see Boss Baby, although I heard it's actually pretty good, but right. I didn't see it. But I th- there was like the promotional stuff was like all about like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? Yeah, and I was thinking like, who's what kid yeah. is excited to see this? Yeah, I think the the uh, Alec Baldwin fans, uh, <laughs> the parents who are Alec Baldwin fans are gonna get it. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess it's also part of like the the culture. But it's very much a part of like Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, one of your your punch ups was for Broad City, mm-hmm. and you later became a staffed writer there. Yes. Uh, what was that uh, process like? So the the way it worked for me was so I I'd known the Abby and Alanis you know through UCB for for years, um, and I was friendly with them and um, had coached I think Alana's group uh, improv group a couple of times, um, but the. Uh, uh, when they got a, I was a, a fan of their 
web series and they um uh when they were started to do a pilot for comedy central um they asked me to be an extra for the pilot um so i did that uh and then we um you know stayed in contact through that process and then when they finished up their first season they were like oh yeah come in and um we think you're really funny come in and like help us punch up these uh you know season one um scripts um or was it season two i think it was season one um and then uh after after that they you know obviously produced um their first season and then they were like uh looking for writers for season two um so for uh season two what ended up happening was um oh wait no I'm, I'm kind of mixing up the timeline here so season one they produced that they were looking for writers for season two mm-hmm. um and uh i did punch up for season two and okay. then it was was separate became a staff writer in season three so um uh season two i was also around as a extra for a couple of uh episodes um but the uh when they had finished their um uh first season they were like um we don't know if we're gonna get picked up um and alana emailed me on like a sunday night like while i was teaching a class at ucb and was like uh you know we're trying to figure out like what our writer's room is going to be like can you send me any any like material uh and i was like of course mm-hmm. and then but i like i don't think i'd finished my half hour um uh, uh like writing sample so i was like of course i'll get it to you can i get it to you by friday and it was, this was a sunday and she was like i need it as soon as possible so i was like okay <laughs> so i'd like i needed to finish it so like i took off work on monday and then i remember sending it like tuesday night and then they met with me on wednesday night uh so like they'd read they like mm-hmm. they'd read it at that point but um i didn't end up getting hired for season two but i did um uh yeah end up doing the punch up for them for season uh uh, season two um but then eventually got hired for season three Mm -hmm. so it was like a long road but um uh i didn't need to to submit another thing for them for season three they just kind of knew me and asked me to be in the room for season three what's it like trying to finish that pilot for them it was a little bit stressful i mean um what i ended up writing was uh i had like the shell of a Brooklyn Nine-Nine spec. Okay. Um, so uh, I was like, okay, let me just flesh this out. Um, and I did. And, you know, I spent like a day really working on it um, uh, and sent it to them. And uh, it was it was intimidating because I was like, oh, I really need to make this like the best version of this mm-hmm. uh, thing. Um, and it was like the first time I'd been, you know, I'd like been writing something like that, uh, um, ever. So, um, it was good that I finished it, but it was also like stressful just because of the time element of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I remember, remember like I was also t- teaching on a Tuesday night and I remember like working on it all Monday, all Tuesday, going to teach taking a break uh, and then during the break 
um, going through page by page wow. just for like uh, uh, typos and proofreading it and then sending it to them and then going back to teach. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, and then the funny thing was, yeah, I, I sent it to them and then they sent me an email the day after or their assistant sent me an email the day after. Like, um, hey, Abby, no, I don't want to... Um, uh, meet you uh can you are you available on uh tomorrow at uh you know like seven o'clock or whatever um and i was like oh of course but i had a mod meeting that oh. week. i had a mod meeting that week and i was like let me skip this mod meeting so i can meet them right um and yeah they were just they just wanted to talk to me about my packet and mm-hmm. stuff but i didn't get hired for that season but did end up doing punch up for their yeah um for season two yeah what, what's it like i mean i know you, you probably knew most of the people in the writer's room but what's it like joining a show like in its third season um i think that the a cool thing was that the the voice of the show was very well established and that they, they kind of knew what they were doing already um the intimidating thing the intimidating thing for me and the thing that like i had the biggest adjustment and issue with was um, since I was so used to sketch writing rooms, um, where the, the approach is more like, here's the premise of the sketch, where the jokes, what are the beats of this? Um, I was very comfortable in that mode. The thing that I really had to get used to was, um, sitcom writer's room, which is a lot more problem solving where right. it's cause you have to think of plot and story now. So, um, a lot of it was like, yeah, kind of moving puzzle pieces, moving scenes around, moving things that are like, well, we we, ha- we have Abby and Alana doing this in Act One. We need to get them to here by Act Two. What are the things that happen mm-hmm. um, in between? That's a much like that's a very different muscle uh, than you know. Here's the joke. Here's the the game, and then you know what are the ideas that uh, uh, make sense for this game? We still. speak in those like kind of ucb terms when we are talking about like a specific idea for a scene but uh yeah the biggest adjustment for me was kind of figuring out the how do you how do you like do the beats of a a story Mm -hmm. you know um so it was a very like good learning experience for me in that way so you mentioned the show is a very specific voice that's fleshed out did you um is that a voice that you look like writing in or was that kind of a thing that you had to adapt yeah i I really liked it because when their show premiered because the the uh, web series was a little bit of a a different thing essentially the same thing but a little bit different and when the show like their first season happened i was like um i fell in love with the show the comedy central show immediately it became like my favorite tv show um uh, even before I started working on it. So um, from that perspective, for me, it was like easy because I, I knew I was a fan of the show already. So mm-hmm. I could kind of like jump in in, in a way that um, uh, was very simple for me. I didn't have to be like, well, let me figure out who these people are. I already knew it based right. on the show. Yeah. Uh, is, is narrative kind of what you want to be doing? Yeah. I mean, I'm open to anything. It, that seems to be something that like I'm... Yeah, just something that I, I feel like uh, I want to pursue and mm-hmm. attack more. Um, but for me, like I, I just like write and enjoy yeah. doing comedy. Um, so whatever form it, it takes for me in the, yeah. in the future, yeah. Would you ever uh, move to LA? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was when I was meeting with agents like early on, 
there was there were a couple of agents who were like, so when you move to LA, here's what's gonna like like it was it <laughs> yeah. even, but I would I mean I totally would I uh -huh. I uh, I've been saying like, you know I I would prefer to move for a job rather than right. just like to move out there, but um yeah that that's something that I I have some family out there so mm -hmm. that's not something that I'm dreading right. doing I like it I like LA yeah it yeah. is crazy like it just there's just so many more jobs there you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's the industry town. So like, yeah. you, you know, you can, you can do a lot of different things. And I guess, you know, since everybody's there, it's much easier to like go on meetings and stuff right. and, and see people. But I also like New York cause my family's here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to wrap up, cool. uh, with you, the classic segment, mm -hmm. my, my thing. Are you giving me your thoughts on something I wrote? This okay, is a, okay. this is a sketch idea. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the game is it's basically um like a like a beggar on the street uh who refuses money from people based like political reasons. So it's like um oh you work on Wall Street, I can't in good conscience take that money or like you're an asbestos lawyer, I've heard that's a scam, I can't. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's great. I yeah. like that idea uh a lot. My um my note about it would be like yeah, how can we heighten it, it in a way that um feels really surprising like yeah. a little bit like of, of how we uh, uh talked about because like the the game of it is very clear in that the the point of view of the character is very clear right mm. like um uh they want to only accept donations from people they think are how would we phrase it like um morally uh good yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so uh but if it's just like entrances and exits then yeah, yeah. it might be like the audience might get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. So what's a way that makes, makes this character like really, really absurd. So we have, yeah. um, Wall Street lawyer, then, uh, uh what was the next one? As, as best as best <laughs> Okay. So may, one way to do it might be, um, another move might be like somebody is like giving them food or something. Okay, or yeah, like, yeah. uh, um, like offering them, um, uh, something that could actually help them. Um, uh, but they find something like really nitpicky about mm -hmm. like that person. Uh, so yeah, that person can approach with food. Another person can approach with like, um, like uh, maybe like, oh, please move, you know, like there, I've, uh, we have extra room in, in the oh, shelter yeah, yeah. or something like that. So it's not just the money. Right. Stuff, yeah, yeah. But so you're finding variety in that, but also like that'll help um, heighten his, yeah behavior i like that yeah yeah um and i imagine it would end with like the button would be like something insane where maybe not even insane but where he's like oh yeah i'll take your money you know yeah, like yeah. where it's like maybe the worst person but they'll still like like he's like for example like it's uh, like the, the coke brothers <laughs> yeah or, or like maybe he's like a big like um he's like a like a big like uh, Woody Allen fan or something. Oh, I like yeah. that. That's funny. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I love your stuff. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, something like that yeah. where it's like just a quick turn. Of, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of the, of the game. Yeah. Nice. All right. Thank yeah. you. Um, thanks for coming out. Anything you want to plug? Um, uh, my improv group Airwolf performs every Saturday at eight thirty um, at the UCB East Village uh, Theater. Check that out. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, on Twitter, I'm at at a S T A M A T E, um, which is, uh, I pronounce it a stamate. 
Um, Snobatay, yeah. nice. Because <laughs> is my last name. Uh, <laughs> most people pronounce it uh, at estimate, but that's because <laughs> uh, huh. like phonetically, yeah, if you're sense. just reading it, yeah. it makes sense to say it like that. But I say it a snobatay. Yeah, it kind of rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of On Comedy Writing. I want to thank Nick Doss for supplying the sweet tunes, Zachary Glassman for giving us the awesome logo, and Bordock Audio for hosting us. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, and like and follow On Comedy Writing on Facebook and Twitter. See you next week. Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.